This is Jets Rewind, and I'm Marty Shupak, joined by Ray Clifford and Ralph Sharega. Today is Sunday, September 20th, 2020, and we're doing the show about uh, three hours after the Jets lost to the San Francisco 49ers, the beaten-up San Francisco 49ers. How are you guys doing tonight? I know. If they weren't beaten up, I would have been 60 to 13. <laughs> Ray, I've how are you doing? Better. Yeah, I've been better. I just want to make a little bit of an opening statement because this Adam Gase, <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of things that is are killing Jet fans from this game, and we're going to go into a lot of them. But late in the third quarter, they're down 24 to three. It's a fourth and seven. <laughs> and at this point in the season, in the game, we know where it's going. And I've been saying that he has like a defeatist attitude. He goes for a field goal, and his explanation after the game was, well, that's about the best play we could have done at fourth and seven. We had our chance on third down. Ray, what were you thinking when he went for the field goal at fourth and seven down 24 to three? I thought he was either clueless or he had already given up. And I'm leaning towards giving up, but uh, clueless is definitely in the mix as well. Ralph? Well, you know, it goes from – 21 to 18, it's still a three-score game. So, of course, it's a ridiculous call. And, you know, giving up – you can just give up just as easily by try going for it there. Uh, you know, he's, he's just he's – just uh, head coaching material. <laughs> we say it every week. Yeah, and it's a good thing that we spent some time last week on the Garrison Hurst game. Let's talk about deja vu with their first play from scrimmage. Really? We're going to get it to right now. But before we do that, it was the play. I think it was the play before that, the punt. Um, our rookie punter, Braden, he hit the most perfect punt. And it kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And I'm yelling, where the Jets? Where the Jets? Where the Jets? And then, I, Ralph, I called Ray up and saying, where the hell were the Jets on that thing? The thing rolled into the end zone. Do you remember that play, Ralph? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Marty, I, I have no answers for you. You know, like I just told you before, this is really a first-year expansion team right now. They're, they're like the 62 Mets. It's just ridiculous. Ray, what was going through your head when you saw that ball rolling? It was I just, just – I, I was the same in the sense I was like, where are you guys? And I never saw a jet ever enter the camera, even after it crossed the line. I was – it's like they just gave up on it. I don't know. Well, it was late, you know. Why wouldn't they? It's the first third play of the game. <laughs> give up. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, the next play, they hand off to their running back. Uh, what's this guy's name? Mostert. Yeah, who had a good Super Bowl. That guy is fast. And I don't want to hear any Jet fans uh, saying, like, there were uh, two or three holes on that play, which it probably were. There's absolutely no excuse. That guy ran right through us. And that was like a deja vu Garrison Hurst. Yeah, except I mean, there were not nearly as many missed tackles on this one because nobody really yeah. tried. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it, was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> and then later in the game, Ray, Again. what do you think when you saw that 67-yarder before it was called back? Oh, I, I could not believe, and, and I'm a big fan of Greg Williams, but I could not believe that we just watched basically the same play work the same way again. I, I, was, I was stunned and – but, you know, we got, we got a gift. Although I will say, I'm not sure that he had, if the guy hadn't, you know, held that it would have gone for that. But still, um, 
Right. It, it was stunning. Yeah, and and the whole, I guess, character of the game, it was just so um, unbelievable how both teams were losing players. And as the Jets were losing players, they were giving up. And as the 49ers were losing players, they were playing harder. It was unbelievable. Their second-string quarterback, I guess it's Nick Mullins. Yeah. You guys want to guess what he his stats were as far as uh, attempts and completions? Second-string quarterback. Today? Today. Um, 16 for 23. 8 uh, for 11. 8 for 11. <laughs> I mean, you know, just a little over 70%. Meanwhile, Jimmy G was like 14 of 16. I think he, he hit his first six, eight passes. And I don't know what happened. Ralph, you have to explain to me. Marcus May and Bless Austin, are they reading the headlines and they just took the day off? What's going on with those two guys today? All right. <laughs> Look, I, I, this is a, a systemic problem for this team. I mean, you can pick out certain players, but on every play, you can pick out players who just aren't where they should be, aren't giving the effort. And to be honest, the talent level there is so low. I don't, in all the years I've followed the Jets, I, don't, I can't remember a team with less talent. I don't know what you, what you feel, Ray or Marty, but it's just, there's nothing. There's nothing on that team now. But I, I would say I, that the, uh, ahead, the, the the talent level is, is bad. We, we've got a bunch of guys. The few guys that we have are almost all on the injured list. And uh, we've got a coach who I think is more concerned with uh, keeping the score looking like it was competitive than he is with actually trying to win. It's just like, it looked to me like, he had given up and was trying to just make it so that it seemed like a respectable score. I just, Ralph, I'm not disagreeing on the talent level, uh, but when I see a player like Chris Herndon drop a tough pass in the end zone, which I thought should have been a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, Sam Darnold couldn't have thrown a better pass. It wasn't the easiest catch in the world. I mean, it, it was all we heard all summer from Adam Gaze was, wait till you see Herndon this year. Wait till you see Herndon. He's going to be incredible. And then I have this guy, uh, Josh Malone, uh, because we're depleted, he's in there on the third down and seven. And what does he do? He gets a completion, but he runs like a three-yard uh, pattern, and he gets tackled. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a combination of, uh, you know, again, lack of coaching, uh, lack of talent, and uh, having to drop balls. And with that, I want to – I want uh, Ray to talk about uh, one player who um, <laughs> we spoke about Ray during the game. I guess it's this uh, offensive right guard. It's um, Van, Van Routen. Why don't you describe the play? Well, it was uh, it was a huge play because it was that uh, when when I think it was Gase's last aggressive call of the day when we went for it on fourth down or well actually yeah it was fourth down trying to get a, a score that would actually make it a, a competitive game. And, and it was fourth and what a yard, a half yard, whatever it was. And uh, he uh, hands off to Josh Adams going over the left side of the line, but Van Roten who uh, had no one to block at the snap because they did like a stunt. He moved over to help the center and left the uh, a gaping hole in the line where uh, their linebacker easily ran through and got Adams for a yard or two loss. That untouched, ended. right? Untouched. By the time he realized he was coming, he was already past him. He moved so slow. I, 
I would have I would have felt better with Vladimir Dukas in there because he wouldn't have been fast enough to move out of the way. Right. Ralph, I want to ask you, did Fadakasi play today? You know, it's so tough. They're all those guys with those 90s numbers, it's hard for me to see sometimes. I didn't uh, hear his name. Yeah, I didn't I, hear his name. I, I, think, I, I think he did play. I think he might have made one, been on one play. Uh, well, I, I, he wasn't credited for anything. I, he I wasn't credited for anything? Oh, nothing. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure what happened. Um, and let's just talk about the guy we were on last week and give him some props, Queen and Williams. Uh, the guy had two sacks, two tackles for loss, and one forced fumble, which the ball was just laying in. I, I could have heard Ray out in Ohio screaming, where the Jets? Pounce on it, pounce on it. Right, Ray? You go Mc, nuts. McClendon just didn't realize the ball was laying out there for him to pounce. Mc, McClendon's a waste. I told you that again. He, yeah. I, I watched him in a few plays. He, he, he can't get past the line of scrimmage. He gets well, no push at all. I just think he's done. He's done. Yeah, probably. But he's good in the locker, and we need that, right? <laughs> in the locker, yeah, which is good. He picks up all the towels, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think Van Routen, he's like a one-and-done type player. And the player I want to mention and I want Ralph to comment on, it's the first time this year I heard his name mentioned, Henry Anderson, and he roughed the passer. And well, that's one way to get mentioned. I, I don't know about you uh, guys and Ralph. You give me a comment, Henry Anderson. This guy's turning out to be a bum. He had a very good first season, but he hasn't done squat since no, that he, first season. No, he hasn't. But really, other than Quentin Williams this game, nobody's done a whole lot. Um, yeah, you know, they say it's the scheme. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought his first year with the Jets was good, but I thought it was a bit of a fluke. And then, they, of course, they signed him up. And, you know, that's the kiss of death. Um, right. Okay, a couple other players. I want to give him credit, and I was on him last week. I'll tell you why I want to give him credit, Chris Hogan. He went out with an injury. He could have very well packed it in, but he came back in to play and actually had a reception. Yeah, he, he made some nice plays. Uh, he did. He uh, did. You know, you were talking about Van Roten. I, I kind of watched a little of George Fant, and I don't really like what I see of him. Um, another guy that they paid good money for. I thought Beckton played pretty good. Uh, I thought he did very well. Yeah, he knocked the guy down, and he was whooping and hollering. I don't know if you mm. saw that, Ray, on one play. <laughs> so I guess we'll have to build around him. I guess that's a that's well, Ralph. To... Let me ask you this question. I'd asked Ray like about two or three weeks ago. You weren't on the show. They have five draft picks in the first uh, ninety-six picks. Mm. They have two firsts. They have a second. They have two thirds. Um, I know it's a it's you know a whole hypothetical, but right now, out of those five picks, how many do you think are going to be offensive linemen? Uh, I would say one or two. Uh, but you know, I'm running through a lot of scenarios now, thinking that the Jets are going to be vying for the worst record in the league. And uh, you know, for example, if they end up with the number two pick. And Miami, say, has the number one pick, and they're not going to pick a quarterback, so the Jets could trade up. What are you going to give? How much do you want to give to go from two to one to get Trevor Lawrence? I mean, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, a little good news. There is somewhat of a college football season right now, so, you know, we're going to get a little bit of a beat on some of these guys. Ray, but, I – yeah, uh, yeah, I just want to – I'm trying to interrupt, Ralph. Uh, did you want to finish up on that? No, I, I'm all done. I, I'm literally – <laughs> 
We could sign off, Ralph. Now. <laughs> Ray, me and Adam Gase are quitting right now. <laughs> Ray, I, I thought it was a much better week for Sam Darnold. Um, I thought his worst play of the day, I think it was a third down. They knocked down a pass at the line of scrimmage. Give me your take on – I want your take on two players, Sam Darnold and uh, Rexton Barrios. I thought Sam was – definitely better than last week. I thought the line protected him better though, too. He was, you know, I wasn't worried about the pass batted down that that's going to happen sometimes. It's just part of the part of the game. But the, the one that worried me was early on, he, he got some pressure up front and he backpedaled and threw one at the guy's feet that kind of killed a drive. I think it was our first or second drive. I was worried at that point, but he seemed much more settled in the pocket. I, I thought he was okay. Um, Barrios, I mean, I thought he was productive while he was in there. He made plays and uh, and he made things happen after the catch. And uh, we need that since we only seem to throw the ball two yards and let the receiver do the rest lately. So uh, we need guys like that because there's no downfield game. Ralph. We're missing anybody who can get down the field. Right. Ralph, do you think Barrios could line up as a wide receiver? Let's say um, uh, our slot receiver. What's his name? I forget. Crowder. Yeah. Crowder. See, he's done. He's gone one week. I already forget his name. You, do you think with the personnel they have? Tell me the three receivers you would line up in an oh. ideal situation. No, no injuries. Uh, you can the, even uh, including like Mims. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I, don't, I want Mims, Perriman, and uh, and, and Crowder, but I, I Barrios would be my first guy uh, replacing. I, I, I like Barrios, and uh, and I just want to say one thing about the Barrios touchdown. Ray Marty didn't see that play totally. <clears throat> that play that Darnold made, I know it was a, a soft touchdown, but wasn't that one of the best plays you've seen Darnold make uh, since he was the Jets across the body through that rope over the guys? It was a beautiful play. Yeah, I thought it was one of his. Well, definitely this year his best play. Yeah, and uh, one of of a few highlight plays other than the one in Buffalo where he ran all over. Right. The and <laughs> right. Anderson. Yeah. I want to ask you each a question. And when I write my book about the New York Jets, I'm considering three titles, and I want your opinion on each title. Which one I should use? You ready? It's either going to be wide right or it's going to be three and out or third and 31. <laughs> well, wide rights Buffalo's got the, uh, got the yeah. dibs on that one. So you can Scott eat. Norwood. Um, I like, uh, I like three and out. I mean, the, the third and three and 31, that doesn't happen too often, but three and out seems like that's the Jets mantra since I've been following them. <laughs> well, what was going through your head on that three and 31, third down and 31 yards, they got the first down? What was going through my head was, this is the Jets. This, this is not a shock. I wasn't surprised. No. Uh, Ray, how about you? Uh, in my mind, I was thinking, just don't do something stupid and give up a big play. And then <laughs> why? And it wasn't like a pass where it was quick either. It was like this slow, painful. No, that was that, that kind of call is a call like, all right, we'll, we'll pick up a few yards. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, if you want to give it to us, we'll take it. Right. <laughs> and I thought just play some basic prevent kind of defense and let the guy have, I don't give, 
29, 30 and a half <laughs> yards. Just don't give up the first down. Yeah. Nope. One small thing that I'm a little concerned, well, a little concerned, a lot, you know, there's a lot of concerns. Their special teams does not look as good as you would think with their Brent Boyer, who's supposed to be a good coach. Just so you guys know, against um, Buffalo, the punt return yardage, Andre Robs, he averaged 13.8 yards per punt. That's pretty good. That's way above the league average. And just today, uh, just watching that coverage on the Braden punt, um, it raises some concerns to me. Ray, do you have any concerns with the, uh, with the special teams? I mean, I'm a little nervous about this moving forward. Not that I'm not nervous about anything else. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't killed us yet, but it worries me that even on the kickoffs, they've given up some fairly good ones. And um, so it's, it's going to be something that I'm always going to be a little concerned about. I'm glad that Braden Mann seems to be the kind of punter that can, uh, can hang it long enough that they aren't going to generally do that. But, you know, I don't know. From what we've seen so far, sure, it's a, it's a concern. He's our best player, Marty. <laughs> yeah. And, Ray, what, what's your opinion on how the Jets cover tight ends? <laughs> well, I they mean, were expecting George Kittle, you know, and they, they didn't have George Kittle. There was no challenge. They were bored. I'll let you know when we start covering them. It was unbelievable. I guess they made Jordan Reed look like John Mackey. I never saw anything like it. <laughs> the guy was just uh, phenomenal today. It was just, it was just unbelievable. Uh, moving forward, we're 0-2. I can't even tell you if this is the uh, hard or soft part of the schedule. By the way, kudos got to go to the 49ers. Uh, they lose Nick Bosa. They lost another uh, defensive lineman. Um, what's his name? So what's the guy's name? Solomon? No. Yeah. Solomon. And then the running back that I was killing them, they lose. But you know, that team has no – Garoppolo. <laughs> oh, Garoppolo. And Garoppolo's playing on one leg the whole first half. I mean, give them credit. I mean, that, that, that's a great job by that team. You know, we go out and we're, all we're doing is hanging our heads low. We're complaining, this, that, whatever. But uh, this was a torturous game, guys. It was torturous from beginning to end. Marty, you know, you talk about where the, the Jets are hanging their head. You know, in, in all sports, I don't know about baseball, teams are usually a reflection of their coach, their head coach. And that's a perfect example of it, Marty. This team is quitting. They're hanging their heads. They're defeated. And uh, all I can say is uh, God bless Jamal Adams for getting out of town. And uh, he's going to have a great career with Seattle. And I'm glad for him that he's not here with this mess. He deserves better. Yeah, Ray, they're going to kick off in about 60 minutes from right now, so I'm sure you'll watch the game. I want to just bring up one thing. and You know, Ralph, I brought it up a while ago to you, and you didn't agree with me. <clears throat> the Johnson brothers, I really don't know. I don't think they've – both of them ever worked a real job in their life or built a business. They were born with a silver spoon. They were born with success. They were born with a lot of money. The Johnson & Johnson stock will always be worth something. And I think this hurts them as far as being an owner because they have a tough time making decisions. Just to give you a perfect example, 
a guy like uh, Bob Kraft, he went into his father-in-law's business, but he worked his, his tush off day and night, helped build the business. Um, the guy from Atlanta, he built Home Depot, and that was after he, he got fired from a job, and he built it up. And I think when you build your own business, you go through all types of uh, successes and failures, and you have to make these decisions on the fly. And Woody Johnson and Chris Johnson, when they have to make a decision, they turn to somewhere else. When they hired John uh, Edzik, they went to this committee. Yeah. Okay. And I think McCagden also, somebody recommended him. Yeah, I think Ron Wolf and someone else. Yeah, yeah. maybe Charlie Casserly. Yeah, I think it was uh, Casserly. Casserly too. And then, um, um, who am I thinking of? Uh, oh, yeah. And then with this coach, they turned to Ralph's best friend, uh, Peyton Manning. I, I really, <laughs> I really yeah. think they have trouble making decisions. So I guess the question for you, Ralph, is, does this hurt as far as uh, the franchise that they're not able to make decisions? You know, well, and I'll just give an example. When you own a business, I don't have to tell you guys, everything goes wrong. You come in in the morning sometimes, if it's a manufacturing plant, you know, sometimes your biggest machines, uh, they break down and you have to get a deadline. You got to hustle this way, hustle that way. I just don't see it from this guy, Ralph. Well, Marty, I'll, I'll say this about the Johnsons. At least maybe they understand their limitations in, in, in as far as football goes. Uh, they've been obviously getting advice from the wrong people, getting bad advice. You know, they have to – there's nothing wrong with asking other people for advice, but then you have to decide what advice to accept and what not to accept and do some homework. Um, you know, Christopher Johnson, now he says that he made a mistake in not firing McCagan sooner. Yeah, you know they. Yeah, I, I mean there there's a there are a lot of stories of of, of uh, sons and daughters uh, inheriting sports teams and screwing them up. It's not uncommon. You ever watch the TV show Succession? I mean it's a uh, it's just a typical example of that. Look at Al Davis's son; he's uh, ridiculous. But uh, I, I think that at a certain point, it is you have to say that the ownership is 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 the problem here. I don't know if they want to sell the team. I don't know what the future is with them, but uh, it, I don't think until they do, we're going to really uh, be moving in the right direction, unfortunately. Ray, what's your thoughts on what I said as, as far as the Johnson brothers? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. The one thing, and Ralph just touched on it, was my every time I think about it, I get more mad that he didn't do away with McCagnan before the draft and – had this deal been in place for Joe Douglas, I think this team might be in a different position right now. Um, and I, I'm glad he has control so it's out of the hands of Chris Johnson or Woody to, to bring in some guys and to, to make personnel decisions from a guy who knows football. And hopefully, I, I'm trying to feel confident that he can turn it around. He, you know, it's probably not going to happen until he fires his buddy Gase, but I think he will when he has to. But I, I mean, leaving McCagnan in is a lot of the problem we're having right now. Yeah, and uh, just so you know, Ralph, you'll remember this. We're talking about getting recommendations. The NFL sometimes they don't give you the right recommendations on purpose. I remember Herm Edwards was having trouble with the. Um, clock management so he turned to Bill Parcells and Bill Parcells recommended this uh, 
guy, Dick Curl. Do you remember that, Ralph? Yeah, yeah. And he was actually worse than her <laughs> I don't know if. Uh, well, you know, he didn't teach him to wind his stop as his wristwatch. That was the problem. I, yeah, I don't know if Bill Parcells was, uh, you know, th there was always rumors that he likes to sabotage everything after him. <laughs> Remember when he left the Giants the first time and he recommended um, that coach? I forgot who it was. Ray Hanley. Ray, Ray Hanley. Hanley. Yeah. yeah. By the way. Instead of Belichick. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the Giants just or, they, they yeah. lost the same time with the Jets. And, Ralph, I was telling Ray, I thought Daniel Jones was going to pull it out. He didn't. And I was hoping he would because I, I just want everything to happen to make the Jets look bad. So I'm sorry that they didn't win. You know, the Dolphins didn't beat Buffalo, but they gave him a real run for their money. Uh, you know, that's the thing. These They're 0-2 teams, but the Jets – the only one that really haven't haven't played one minute of quality football yet. The they are the only legitimate zero and two team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're well, the real zero and two team. Well, here, here's something to think about too. We've played eight quarters of football, and have. we have never been in the lead so far. <laughs> well, look at Atlanta, Dallas today. The only time Dallas was in the lead was at zero 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 when they kicked the field goal to win 40, 40 to 39. Now, give Atlanta credit for playing a good game up till then, but boy, that Dan Quinn, he's he's got one foot out the door without question. Ralph, you know what that reminds me of? Do you remember the year the Lakers beat the Knicks in five games? Uh, in the finals? Yeah. When, well, yeah, when they had Chamberlain, yeah. Yeah, they had Chamberlain. I don't know if you remember, there was an overtime game where Clyde tapped in the tying bucket in regulation. Do you remember that game? Vaguely, yeah. The funny thing about that game, even though it was overtime, the New York Knicks were never in the lead the whole game. Right, yeah. Which is unbelievable, too, which is really, really incredible. All right, Eddie, this could be a short show. Anything else you guys want to add or else we will um, – we might close it out. Yeah, well, I just want to throw out a, a thought here about, I mean, do you guys, are, do you guys really want to get the number one pick and go for Trevor Lawrence? Uh, because if you do, I think we have to keep Gase on. <laughs> Not being facetious about it. I mean, he's he's our best bet for getting the worst record. In oh, the I league. see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant next year. I no, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I, Ralph, I, I'm beginning to think that it's more of a Gase problem than a Sam problem. Uh, it is more of a Gase than a Sam problem. Yeah, and again, and I said last week after the first game, I don't want to let Sam off the hook. He looked so out of sick. He looked a lot better today. And, you know, when we're off the air, we're going to look at that one play you said was good. I missed. But um, if it came to it, let's say they were 2-14, and 14, and from what Ray told me, this guy Fields from Ohio State's really good too. He's like a uh, – He's like a Mahomes clone. Is that right, Ray? Uh, nobody's that good, but he's got the same – he's get, got a lot of the same qualities. He's really uh, good at throwing on the run, but he's not a – he's not an athlete like what I like what I consider Lamar Jackson despite what he's doing right now. Uh, he actually is a good pocket passer, but he can do things on the run, have, make things happen with his feet. So I like him a lot. I mean, if, if we got him, I don't think that would be a bad thing either. Well, Rat, the, yeah. I, I uh, wanted to say, I mean, if it ever came to that, do you go out? I mean, you have to be very discreet and see what you could get for the number one pick, and then you see what you could get for Sam Darnold. Yeah, of course you have to kick the tires. See, the thing that concerns me is that, you know, even with a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who is considered a generational prospect, 
you throw him on a bad franchise and he, he's not going to turn it around himself. Uh, you know, I mean, I go back into the eighties when T Tampa Bay had three first number one picks in four years. They picked Steve Young. He was a disaster. And then two years later, they picked Testa Verde, another disaster. They were both turned out to be good and great quarterbacks. But, you know, you can't – a quarterback, no matter how good he – and I just worry that no matter who the Jets get for a quarterback, it's not going to work out until they get some foundation, some players around them. Yeah. We didn't build the lines, and that's going to be yeah. – it's always going to burn them. I think, I think Douglas, that's what he's doing. I, you know, he's getting this draft capital, and I wouldn't be surprised if he turns one of those top five picks into more draft capital. Yeah, well, there's this kid Penny Sewell uh, from Oregon. Oregon. Supposed to be the, yeah, best at best uh, tackle prospect in like ten years or something. You know, he's he's a a, a cornerstone and uh, yeah, I, I'd love I to get that guy. Yeah, I, I don't see uh, uh, Van Routen and Alex Lewis here uh, next year. No, uh, I don't know. What do you think, Ray? Well, you know, I could see keeping Alex Lewis for depth, but I don't see him keeping him here to be a starter. Because um, you still need guys that can come in if anybody goes down. So if they kept Alex Lewis around as a as a as a depth guy, I'd be okay with it. But we need to upgrade pretty much every position but Becton. Do you you know about this guy Alex Lewis? He got in a fight in a bar. And he almost killed a guy. He's got an incredibly bad temper. I don't know if you remember the first game against Buffalo. He got into a couple of skirmishes on the field. So he's got like a mean streak about him. Oh, maybe we could use someone like that, huh? Yeah, yeah. But uh, also, Ralph, I mentioned to Ray, even though he's playing very good, uh, Mekhi Becton, he's got such a gut on him now. I don't know if you saw him. <laughs> well, look at, look at his father. to Ray. <laughs> I hope he's not just putting on weight and he's starting to look like his father. I don't know if you remember. I forgot the guy's name. I forgot the guy's name. When uh, when uh, Rex Ryan was coach, we had an offensive lineman, and they had a bye week. And the and the bye week, he put on 14 pounds. <laughs> and they ended up, they cut him. He was picked up by Green Bay, actually, too. And ended up uh, having a pretty good year. Actually, they cut him and he was bleeding gravy. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, remember we were going through players that they leave the Jets and they end up with a Super Bowl ring or doing yeah. great? It's just unbelievable. We've mentioned, like, <laughs> Andre Roberts. Look at this guy. The guy looks phenomenal, too, yeah. you know? And Josh Allen had another good game, Ralph. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a lot of – you know, it's not hard. All quarterbacks all over the league are getting big numbers. Look what Arizona's doing. That's pretty painful Tyler to watch. Money. I remember I, I, I said at the beginning of the year, he's doing really good, yeah. So, all right, is there anything else you guys want to add? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a quick trivia question. Um, Here we go. What is the uh, – how long in years is the longest stretch for the Jets not making the playoffs? What do you say, Marty? It's probably now. I'd say, say the current one. Uh, I'd say 10 years. Well, this will be 10 this year after this year, but it's actually 11. They never made it in the, in the whole 70s. It went from 69 to 81 without making wow. it. But, but we, it, I think we're watching history now. I think, I think well, that will be just, broken. Listen, just so you know, I know we speak about the draft a lot. Ralph, you know, on the website, by the way, I want to invite fans, go to the website. Look up the draft history page. I'm adding every year. I'm, I'm down to like 1988 uh, now, you know, moving down. 
I made a couple of errors. I got to go back. But you look at some of these drafts, it's just unbelievable what, what happens. And you have to do what Douglas is doing, accumulate picks, mm. just like Belichick. He, Belichick, Ralph, he was not a great drafter. I mean, he looked out on Julian Edelman um, and a couple of others, but he was not a tremendous drafter. No, he made a lot of mistakes, but he had a lot of picks. You know, but they, you talk about the Jets, they, they didn't make the playoffs in the 70s. But from the mid-70s on, their drafts started getting really good, and that set the uh, foundation for a good decade in the 80s. And that's what it's going to take, about three or four good drafts by Joe Douglas. I, I don't know about this one. Hopefully it'll turn out. Did uh, anyone have any Ashton Davis sightings today? Uh, yeah, turn one. That. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Ray, I want to mention to you, because uh, you're the Buckeye, that after we taped the show last week, I turned on um, Joe Burrow. Bengal uh, Brown game. And I, I got to tell you, Joe Burrow, what a difference in his first game. Well, actually, his second game and Sam Donald's first game. Even though they lost, and he was poised. He knew what to do. He has a – Ralph, that's another team with a weak offensive line. But that guy is some player. Yeah, well, that, that team wants to get Sewell, definitely. If they had the number one pick, they'd probably take him. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he definitely even – in, even in week one, he just looks like he gets it. I mean, there's a weird kind of calmness, and, and, and he's very confident and seems like he's in control, even if he isn't. It just seems that way. He threw 60 times on Thursday night. But, right, yeah. He's always got to be iced. Yeah. Well, listen, let's not give up on Sam. He showed something today. We need another coach. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping, like, uh, Christopher Johnson, he, you know, he's not going to be blind. You know, history will show that a lot of times people get votes of confidence and they get fired, like, the next week. Kiss of death, yeah. Kiss of death. All right, for Marty Shupak, Ray Clifford, and Ralph Schrager, uh, this has been Jets Rewind.